Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine co-host, Woody. We got a lot to talk about today. You just heard Joe Biden saying he has not spoken with his son about his business dealings. We know that now not to be true based on an explosive story that just came out from the New York Post. I mean, this thing blew up yesterday. So we're going to talk about that. Not just the story itself, but there's implications here that aren't really being discussed. We're going to talk about the big tech giants and their censorship of the story, which is a bigger story in and of itself, but this story is not going away. There is so much more and so much to unpack here. So we're going to talk about the Ukraine scandal. Maybe we should call it the Biden scandal because this is blowing up. I'm going to give you some details and some kind of uh, insight of what to look for next. We're going to talk about the Amy Coney Barrett hearing. We are in day four today. This is the last day. And then I got a bunch of other news because even though the Ukraine Biden scandal is blowing up everywhere, there are still other things we need to be paying attention to. But let's get into this one. If you've not heard, the New York Post released a bombshell story yesterday. I mean, when this thing came out, it literally blew up. So the headline is emails reveal how Hunter Biden tried to cash in big with Chinese firm. Now that that's the headline of this. Now it started off Hunter Biden pursued lucrative deals involving China's largest private private energy company, including one that he said would be interesting for me and my family. The emails obtained. So one email sent to Biden on May 13, 2017, with a subject line, expectations, included details of remuneration, remuneration packages, I'll get that out, for six people involved in an unspecified business venture. Uh, Biden was identified as chair slash vice chair, depending on agreement with CEFC, an apparent reference to the former Shanghai-based conglomerate, CEFC China Energy. So his pay was pegged as eight fifty. Now, here's the thing about what really blew up yesterday. It's Hunter Biden, or Joe Biden has said he's not had any dealings with, the, with his son's business. He had no idea what his son was doing. But in the story, deep in the story, start talking about, they, they, they start talking about the emails. There's some emails in there where the, an executive from the Burisma company was thanking Hunter Biden for introducing him to his dad, thanking him for the meeting and setting up the meeting. I'm paraphrasing that. And that counters to what you heard in that Joe Biden clip. That's the first thing that blew up. That's the thing that really kind of went viral because here you have Joe Biden saying he has has nothing to do with his son's business dealings. He doesn't have conversations with his son about his business dealings. Because his son has been involved in some shady business practices. It's been, you know, it's been reported wildly that Hunter Biden, I mean, he cashed in with the Chinese. He, the, the deal he had with Burisma, he was making, some say 50000 a month, some say 80000 a month. It could be more. The man was making millions of dollars, all because his father was the vice president of the United States. 
So now, now this is blown up because these emails have been released. Now, how do they get them? That's the part of the story that is pretty interesting. And that's the part of the story that is kind of now not really being reported on. So real quick is somebody, we don't know who, took this laptop in for repair. And the, the owner of the repair shop thought that there may be something to do with Biden, Hunter Biden on this because there was some labeling or whatnot on there because it had something to do with Hunter Biden. So, you know, he repairs the laptop. It allegedly had some water damage. He repairs the laptop and no one ever comes to pick it up. It just sits there. It sits there. And the guy's like, okay. He says he tried to call him. He tried to call a customer. He, he did his due diligence. He did what he was supposed to do. But if the customer doesn't come pick up the product that you repaired, well, the shop now owns the product. Now, depending on the laws of the state that they're in, because I've had to deal with this, is if you had to take a product repair from somebody or you take a product in from somebody and you put in some labor to repair that product, if they don't pick it up at the allotted time, you have to correspond with them. You can't just say it's mine. You have to send them letters. Some cases you got to send them certified letters. And then if they don't pick it up, well, you own it. It's probably in the agreement. Whoever dropped off that laptop signed that if they don't pick it up, the shop owner gets the, keeps the laptop. So he repairs the laptop. <clears throat> they don't pick it up. He does his due diligence. He realizes it has to do with Hunter Biden. So he calls the FBI and turns it over to them. And he turned it over to them in December of 2019. So the FBI has been sitting on this. That's another part of the story that is, that is getting out there as well. People are starting to pay attention to that. The FBI has been sitting on this since 2019. So the shop owner makes a copy and he gives it to none other than Rudy Giuliani, President Trump's lawyer, personal lawyer. So now Giuliani's got a copy of this. And then yesterday, it leaked out from the New York Post, and it blew up. I mean, blew up. Now, I'm going to get into, there, there's some significance here of Giuliani having this. So just, just, there's a lot more here. But let's talk about what happened after it blew up. And, and some of you, you probably already know this, but the, 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 the tech giants, Twitter and Facebook, tried to suppress it. They attempted to suppress it, and that blew up even bigger. And that's what they don't understand. In them trying to suppress this, it made the story that much bigger. It literally blew up even more so because they tried to suppress, and I'm not going to say it's free speech. It's not free speech. Free speech is suppressed by the government, not by private entities, okay? That's, that's the definition of free speech in, as written in the Constitution. Our free speech shall not be abridged by government, not by individual companies. Twitter and Facebook are private companies. I mean, they're publicly traded, yes, but they're private companies. So they can do whatever they want. And they did, and it just blew up in their face. First of all, let's talk about Facebook. Facebook didn't uh, try as much as Twitter did. Facebook wasn't as egregious as Twitter, I guess is what I should say. Uh, here is what Facebook, Andy Stone from Facebook, uh, he rewrites, 
while I, and Andy Stone, I guess, is a communication director of Facebook, some, some executive at Facebook. He tweets out. I love that he tweeted this out. That's hilarious to me. Uh, he's a policy communications director at Facebook. While, this is his tweet, while I will intentionally not link to the New York Post, I want to be clear that this story is eligible to be fact-checked by Facebook's third-party fact-checking partners. In the meantime, we are reducing its distribution on our platform. This means Facebook throttled it back, which meant some people, more people weren't going to see this story. They were throttling it back. So if you're a Facebook user, I'm not really a Facebook user. I have a Facebook, but I don't really, I don't really care for it. Uh, so it, it wouldn't show up in your feed. They throttled it back. Now, Facebook is the largest social media platform. There's what, well over a billion? I don't know how many people on Facebook, but I know it's well over a billion. I mean, they are the largest. They're the behemoth in the room, right? And Facebook's audience, by the way, skews more conservative because they're, they have an older audience now. They're not the shiny new object. They're not what the kids go for. It's more of an a older audience that skews a little more conservative. So they just alienated a large chunk of their users by doing this. And, and, and why? Now, New York Post is not some rag. It's a, a, a major news entity. It's a large news entity. But Twitter, Twitter, oh my gosh, Twitter went all in. They literally put a warning on the post from the New York, that if you were to tweet out, some of you may have tried this already. I just tried it uh, today before this podcast. Still the same thing. If you were to tweet out the story, it came with a warning. And the warning is saying that, you know, there, there may be some false content on here, some harmful content, and you had to click continue to continue on. So you could still get to the story, but you can't tweet it out. If you tried to tweet it out, it's, it puts it in drafts. You cannot tweet this story out. Now, Facebook also started suspending accounts. They actually, well, let me get into the story. And, and this is from uh, the Mail Online. So you have to go to the UK now to get our news about America. Twitter boss Jack Dorsey apologizes after Trump threatened to remove Facebook and Twitter protections after they blocked story about Biden meeting son uh, Hunter Ukraine partner. Okay, so they apologize. Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, comes out with a tweet. Our communication around our actions on the New York Post article was not great. And blocking URL sharing via tweet or DM with zero context as to why we're blocking, unacceptable. But they didn't change anything. They continued. They continued to block it. And then you got other media outlets, some producer at MSNBC, Kyle Griffith, I think his name was, was basically telling people not to retweet this out, other entities to not forward this story out. They are scared of this story. I'm going to tell you why they're so scared of this story in just a little bit, but let's keep on with Twitter. Twitter, I mean, this has got to be bad for Twitter, but again, they're the largest platform. I think they're like 300 million people. So there's a lot of people, a lot of conservatives. I tweet a lot. I'm on Twitter a lot. So Trump uh, got involved. Trump tweeted out so terrible that Facebook and Twitter took down the story of smoking gun, quote unquote, emails related to sleepy Joe Biden and his son Hunter in the New York Post. It is only the beginning for them. He is right about that. There is nothing worse than a corrupt politician. Repeal Section 230. Section 230 goes to uh, what uh, the protection 
that these social tech giants have in able the ability to do this because they're not listed as like a news entity so they can do whatever they want and you you have no recourse you the general public they can suspend your account they can do whatever they want with your account you cannot do anything so if you have a business like a business on facebook and that's how you make your money facebook one day can just push a button and you're gone done and you have no recourse that's got to change but i digress let's get into this they actually suspended the account of the White House Communications Director, Kaylee McEnany. I think I said her name right. I always get it wrong. But they actually suppressed her. They, <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the White House press secretary. Her personal Twitter account was locked for sharing the New York Post story. This is the White House press secretary, and Twitter locked her account for sharing that story. And they, they suspended um, James Woods. Another reporter, Jack Persiak, I think I don't, I'm sure I'm getting his name wrong, uh, also suspended his for tweeting out the story. And this is what Twitter had to say. This is some tweets from Twitter safety. We want to provide much needed clarity around the actions we've taken with respect to two New York Post articles that we first tweeted this morning. We know we have more work to do to provide clarity in our product when we enforce our rules in this manner. We should provide additional clarity and context when preventing the tweeting or DMing of URLs that violate our policies. Additional clarity and context, right? The images contained in the articles include personal and private information like email addresses and phone numbers, which violate our rules. I'm going to go and talk about that in just a second. As noted this morning, we also currently view materials included in the articles violations of our hacked materials policy. Commentary on or discussion about hacked materials, such as articles that cover them but do not include or link to the materials themselves, aren't a violation of this policy. Our policy only covers links to or images of hacked materials themselves. There's no hacked material here. I mean, this is not, this is a story from a legitimate news organization. They got copies of emails. They didn't hack the, the computer to get into it. They were given this information. They didn't hack. There was no hacking. The people who gave them this information didn't hack it. The shop owner who gave them this information, who repaired the computer, didn't hack it. This computer was left there. They didn't pay their bill to get it back. The shop owner now, now had ownership of it and turned it over. There was no hacking. And the personal um, images, Hunter Biden, I guess, trying to look cool. He's, and there's one picture, he's got his shirtless. He's one where he's smoking in a bathtub. And there's one where he's laying in a bed, head on a pillow. You see his head on the pillow with a crack pipe in his mouth. A crack pipe in his mouth. So Twitter is all wet. So Twitter, and they're still doing it today. It hasn't changed. They're still suppressing this story. And what these supposedly intellectual giants at Twitter and Facebook don't get, they just made the story bigger. All those people that weren't going to see it on Facebook where they throttled it back because they throttled it back, went out and looked for it. All the people on Twitter, it's going back and forth on Twitter like no tomorrow. And now it's bled over into other social media platforms. It's all over the place because the social tech media giants think they're smarter than you and thought they could suppress this. And it made it a bigger story. And then it became a story in and of itself. Now, the main story is this. I played that clip for Joe, of Joe Biden saying that he had no idea of his son's business dealings. This is Steve Ducey, by the way, who 
I was asking him that question and <clears throat> you know, he was lying. He was flat out lying. Have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. And now we know that is a lie. And here is what, uh, where the proof is in the lie. Now, the Biden camp is denying it. We'll get into that in just a second. But this is from uh, Vadim Poshonsky, if I got that name right, uh, <clears throat> one of the Ukrainian uh, Burisma people, to Hunter Biden. Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. <laughs> it's really, really an honor and pleasure. As we spoke yesterday evening, which would be great to meet today for a quick coffee. What do you think? I could come to your office. That's their typo, not mine. I could come to your office somewhere around noon or so before or on my way to airport. Best. V. <laughs> Caught caught and caught. Biden lied. We know he was a liar. He lied. He knew exactly what his son was doing and he was also benefiting from it. I'm sure I can't prove it. That's speculation. Let's say allegedly. So Twitter, the morons that they are, decided that they were going to lock all of these accounts be, to suppress this information and it blew up even more. Absolutely unbelievable that they thought they could do this. The law of unintended consequences are always lost on the left. Now here is what else. There's more on that laptop. <laughs> There's a lot more on that laptop. This is the tip of the iceberg. And Rudy Giuliani has it all. Can you say October surprise? Yes, yes you can. This is huge and that's why the tech giants wanted to suppress this because they know, they know this is bad for the GOP. And that's also why yesterday morning, I think it was, either, either late morning or early afternoon, but I think it was late morning, the Biden campaign put a lid on campaigning. Joe Biden calls a lid and hides in his basement after explosive revelations from Hunter Biden's recovered hard drive. That was from uh, Christina Layla at Gateway Pundit, released at 10.07 a.m. So this big story breaks, and the Biden campaign, they put a lid on it. Now, what I mean by a lid, if you're not familiar with that term, and I mentioned it on the show before, campaigns, when they stop all media interaction, they call putting a lid on it. So, you know, with the, can the, the candidate's resting or the candidate's doing something private or the candidate's preparing for a debate. Last debate prior to it, Biden put a lid on it for like two weeks and they were saying he was prepping for the debate. Here's why they put a lid on it yesterday. They put a lid on it yesterday because they were afraid of what Biden would say if a reporter asked him about this on the campaign trail. Biden's having a bad campaign. He's been having a bad week. I mean, he forgets what what office he's running for. He says, I'm running for the Senate. He forgets Mitt Romney's name, calls him that Mormon governor, to paraphrase. He forgets where he's at. He's having an awful week on the campaign trail because the man's cognitive abilities are declining. And his campaign, once they got this story, they were like, oh, God, oh, oh, oh. we got to get him off the campaign trail. We don't know what he's going to say. I'll report, one reporter challenges him and it's off to the races. We got to get him off the campaign trail. So they put a lid on it so he could prepare. 
so they can coach him, so they can get the story right, because now this is huge. And the Biden camp doesn't deny the emails. They're not saying those emails are fake. What they're trying to say now is they're trying to say that yeah, the, his records don't show that meeting actually happened, so we don't think it happened. They didn't say that didn't happen. They're just not sure it did happen. And now what's going to happen, uh, here it is, uh, in a statement, Biden campaign spokesman Andrew Bates said, we have reviewed Joe Biden's official schedules from the time and no meeting, as alleged by the New York Post, ever took place. Those are weasel words if there ever was one, right? So as alleged, so they're probably using some word in that to say, well, we actually had a meeting, but they said it was supposed to be something like this, or they said it was at this time or this day, but maybe it was another day. Maybe it was another time, but they had the meeting. They're not denying it. They had the meeting. They're just saying, uh, we have reviewed Joe Biden's official schedules from the time and no meeting as alleged by the New York Post ever took place. Uh huh. They're not saying a meeting didn't take place. They're saying a meeting as alleged by the New York Post. Now that's from Politico. Political's trying to give Biden cover. Uh, they're a left-leaning rag. Here is their headline. Biden campaign lashes out at the New York Post. But this next subheadline is my favorite. The campaign casts the allegations against Joe and Hunter Biden as Russian disinformation, while Republicans complain that social media companies were censoring the story. Russian disinformation. That's where they're going to go with this. They're actually going to say the Russians did it. This is Russian disinformation. We have uh, stories coming out that by Hunter Biden received three and a half million dollars from a Russian oligarch. They haven't really denied it. We've got story after story after story that he, he was dealing with the Russians and dealing with Ukraine. Oh, this is big. This is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, I was telling my wife about this story the other day, and I was telling her about what's in the report. In the report in the story, you've got pictures of Joe Biden with a crack pipe in his mouth. And she's like, he's a, isn't he in the 40s? I'm like, yeah. What, isn't he kind of old to be doing those kind of drugs? Now, this is just, you know, a few years ago. So it's not like he, he's, you know, this was when he was a kid. Well, I got a story about that I'll share with you in a second. But so he's got in, in the article, in the story, you know, there's all those emails that show that these Ukrainian P, uh, executives met with Joe Biden. So Joe Biden's trying to say he never knew anything about his son's business dealings. Well, you know, that's BS. We all know that. And especially we know that now. But that's just the beginning of the story. What else is going to come out? And in the same story, we've got pictures of Hunter Biden smoking a crack pipe. We got stories about illicit sexual affairs. And there is apparently on the computer a 12-minute sex tape of Hunter Biden. People, people, people. Can you say October surprise? <laughs> I knew you could. Oh, my God. Yeah, in fact, let's go talk about Hunter Biden. Uh, this is, again, from the Gateway Pundit, which I'm starting to love the Gateway Pundit. So Jim Hoff, is, man, he is on top of it. Uh, this is published October 1st, so it's a little older. But uh, the headline is, Trump was right. Hunter Biden's first drug bust among several incidents was at 18. And just last week, he was linked to a Russian human trafficking ring. That was from that Senate report. 
Hunter Biden's first arrest may have been when he was 18. Hunter was arrested on Jersey Shores related to drug, drug, drug charges in 1988 and had his record expunged. Many years later, and after several stops into drug treatment facilities, Hunter joined his father, the vice president, on a trip to China in 2013, where Hunter, inexperienced and out of place, was able to secure a $1.5 billion deal from China for private equity fund, which he was forming at the time. Hunter Biden was using his father as a connection, as leverage for these business deals. He was using his father, and his father knew it. His father knew his son had a drug problem. Joe Biden knows Hunter Biden. He's admitted it. Hey, you know, it's all, and it was pretty heartwarm, heartfelt when Joe Biden talked about it one time that all families go through this. He's right. But he knew this from the age of 18. We have where Hunter Biden was a drug addict. He was drummed out of the military for testing positive for cocaine. And yet, with all that, Biden took him with him to China on Air Force Two. He also took him to the Ukraine. And you're going to tell me, you're going to tell the American public, Joe Biden's going to tell the American public he had no idea what his son was doing or that this was helping and benefiting his son. His son made millions, millions. Wouldn't you like to have that kind of sweetheart deal? So this, this story is going to just keep blowing up and blowing up. This is not the end of it. There's going to be more that comes out on this story. I guarantee there there is more on that laptop i hope we never see the sex tape i'll put that out there but there is more on that laptop uh, here's a headline from mail online hunter biden pursued deals that would be interesting for me and my family with major chinese energy company as second wave of secret emails has received and then there's this also from the new york post uh released october 14 uh, at 5 a.m., Obama conference call leaked to Burisma, Biden emails. The Obama administration let a Democratic PR company that worked for a Ukrainian energy firm, Burisma, take part in a conference call about an upcoming visit to Ukraine by then Vice President Joe Biden emails obtained by the Post show. So we've got Burisma. <laughs> Burisma was part of a conference call that Obama was on. And so is it any, any surprise that there's a, a story out now? Let me pull this one up. This, this, this story is not going to surprise, it shouldn't surprise you. But uh, Obama now is going to come out and campaign for Biden. Uh, I had the story I pulled up. But anyway, Obama's decided that, hey, finally, finally, he's going to campaign for Biden and help him out and win the election. Now, I, I don't know about you, but if I was Biden, I'd be worried about that. But he's got a lot of other things to worry about. So he's probably welcoming the, the story right now. But Obama, everyone he tried to help last go around. Well, they lost the election for the most part. Maybe not everyone. But Obama does not have a good record when it comes to uh, helping candidates out. Uh, here it is. It's from uh, the New York Post as well. Uh, with only a few, few weeks left, Obama finally decides to jump in and try to save Biden's White House bid. Former President Barack Obama reportedly is poised to hit the campaign trail for Joe Biden, his former vice president, as the 2020 presidential race enters its crucial final stretch. President Obama plans to hit the trail soon. In addition to all the other activities undertaken all year in support 
of electing VP Biden. As he said, we all have to do everything we can to win in November 3rd. Yeah, that's because they're afraid of everything that's going to come out because more and more and more is going to come out. Now, what have we learned also? Well, we learned also from the New York Post. Great headline segues perfectly. Big tech is in the tank for Biden and Democrats. Absolutely. If you didn't think that before, I don't know how you could not think that now. Big tech is decidedly in the tank. You know, we have a right to know. This is another uh, article from uh, New York Post, too. Voters have a right to know what Joe Biden did for Sun Hunter. We have a right to know that. He's running for the president of the United States of America, arguably the most powerful position in the world. And he's, listen, here's what we've learned in this last week with Joe Biden, that he doesn't want to tell us whether or not he's going to pack the court. He says we, the voters, don't have a right to know. Uh, he said that 56% of the population who believes they're for, better off now than they were four years ago uh, has a short memory, and they should just go vote for Trump. He actually said that. That, by the way, is where I thought, I think, still, that's where he already lost the election. This is just icing on the cake. But a few days ago, a reporter asked him about a survey from Gallup. 56% of the American people, during a, per a Gallup survey, said that they are better off now than they were four years ago. Why should they vote for you? He was talking to Biden. And Biden says, well, that 54%, he got it wrong, not me. He said 54%. The reporter said 56%. Biden repeated back, well, that 54% has a short memory, and they, uh, they sh maybe they should vote for Trump. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Well, they should. <laughs> they absolutely should. The 56% should vote for Trump. <laughs> but, uh, and then um, he forgets where he is. He forgets what office he's running for. And then this. Yeah, this was a bad week for Biden. And uh, I am convinced, absolutely convinced, that Trump is going to win the re-election. And uh, now it's by a matter of how big. I, I put a prediction out on Tuesday that he's going to win by 324 electoral votes. Who knows now? There, um, there's another group out there um, <clears throat> that predicts even bigger than what I predict. This is the Helmut North Norpoth model, who's predicted 24 of the last 26 presidential elections. They have Trump they predict Trump will win by 362 electoral votes. And one of those states they predict he'll win is New York. I'm not going that far, but this could potentially be a blot. There's more to come out on that laptop. We've only seen the beginning. And let's talk about the fallout of this. All right, push, push the Biden piece aside. Um, big tech, the social media giants, they need, they need to be controlled. I'm not a big advocate of government oversight, but right now there needs to be something happening with these companies that they could do something like this and suppress the information. Now, it didn't work. That's the good thing. In fact, it was counterproductive. It blew up in their faces. The story became bigger because they tried to suppress it. But big tech, these social media giants like Facebook, Twitter, even TikTok, I'm currently shadow banned on TikTok. And now it's over a month. I just had a, I put a video up this morning that was taken down from a community violation. And it was regarding this topic. Big tech is trying to control the narrative. The media, the mainstream media already is controlling the narrative or trying to control the narrative. And I'm going to, when we come back on the second segment of the show, I'm going to go through big media's headlines and then we'll talk about the Amy Coney Barrett 
uh, nomination process as well and a couple other news items. But the, the mainstream media and the big social giant tech companies, something's got to be done. I mean, I, you know, I, and, I, and I'm not so sure it's government oversight that should be the, the solution. I think from us, us, the user, the consumer, you know, I get it. It's hard to get off of Facebook for a lot of people. I'm, I rarely use Facebook. I don't like it. I don't like the platform. I do use Twitter a lot, and uh, I use TikTok a lot. And it's hard to get off of those platforms and go to others because you, there's so many people. I think there's 300 million people on Twitter. There's 800 million people worldwide on TikTok. you got outlets like Parler. That I think there's 4 million people on that right now. It's just not as big a group. And then what's wrong with other groups like that, there's another, there's another TikTok or a Twitter um, uh, competitor, um, Clapper or Chatter, News Chatter, I think it is. News Chatter and News Clapper. And their base is small right now, but the problem with them is, is it's Clapper, News Clapper is it's an echo chamber. I don't want to be in an echo chamber. I don't want to go to these platforms where all it is is one side talking. I want to go to platforms where all sides are talking and you can have a healthy debate and a healthy conversation with somebody who has opposing views than you. The reason that we don't have that now is because these big tech giants, which became hugely successful on the backs of us and other users on the opposite side, have taken one of those sides and if you are a, con uh, a conservative on these platforms and you speak your mind and you push back well they run and complain to the moderators and you get community violations big tech has taken sides that's the problem i wouldn't mind it at all if they just didn't take a side what would have happened if twitter and facebook did nothing of this story you know what, that would have given Biden and his camp more cover than what they thought they were giving him. Instead, the law of unintended consequences proved we're not as smart as they think they are. Anyway, thanks for listening to this portion of this, the PBL podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Um, we do have an ask for you on this platform, on this podcast, is 90% of the listeners come from uh, are using Apple and the others are Android. So whether you're Apple or Android user, I'm not trying to take sides on that. But if you are on this platform on Apple, please like, follow, share, and rate, 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 rate. Can't ask that enough is rate this podcast. Give us five-star ratings. Help us move up the algorithm to fight these big tech giants because it's all about the algorithm. Everything, when we get online and these social media sites, it's all about the algorithm. It's an algorithm. YouTube as well. If you're listening to this on YouTube, because I'm putting this on YouTube now, uh, please subscribe, 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 and help move this up in the algorithm so we can continue to fight back against these big tech giants. We need more voices, however small, however big out there, getting banding together to help each other out by liking, subscribing, and rating other conservative outlets. And I'm not trying to make everything or turn everything into a vacuum like I was just talking about. No, I want everybody out there. I want the left. I want the right. I want the people in the middle. I, one of the reasons I loved getting on TikTok early on is because there were so many people there and you were having conversations from all different ideologies. You don't have that so much on the other big tech giants and even TikTok now. 
is starting to turn from that. So please like, follow, share, and give us a five-star rating. And be sure to check out the next segment where we're going to go over mainstream media outlets right now. What, if you pull up all the mainstream media sites, I bet you you're going to find nothing about this story because they're also part of that suppression.